Good Evans, it's a Bobcast. Welcome to episode 37 with me, your host, Bob Evans. And tonight I'm joined once again by my good mate, Josh Pike, for another COVID-19 special, number six in this frustratingly long-winded series. Don't forget you can email me at goodevansbobcast at gmail.com if you have a question or just a general thought that you'd like to share for us to talk about on this podcast, and we will. Also, please rate and review the podcast if you have gotten any kind of enjoyment from it whatsoever. It's a really great way that you can help out, and it only costs a minute of your time and not a cent more. So it's been almost three months since Josh and I last chatted, and still the virus continues to wreak havoc on the health and economies of countries all around the world. But here in Australia, I've detected a notable shift since the last time I spoke with Josh. For the first few months of the virus and the ensuing lockdowns and border closures that came into effect countrywide, there was very much a sense of us all being in this together. The Ben Lee song seemed like it was never far from our minds, and there was just a general sense of collective resilience and that we would all get through this somewhat arm in arm. Well, that doesn't feel like it's the case anymore. All the states and territories have splintered off into different directions depending on their individual circumstances. The difference between the way people are living in WA, for example, compared to New South Wales, compared again to Victoria, where I am, is so huge that at its most pronounced, we can barely recognise each other anymore. Being in Victoria and still very much in the middle of a second wave and lockdown that makes the last one feel like a giant party, we've never felt this isolated Seeing images pass by my social feeds of people gathering in actual pubs and going to actual gigs and seemingly not social distancing or or wearing masks is really, really surreal. So it's a different scene. Gigs are starting to happen again. Some elements of the music industry are starting to slowly function again. And of course, albums continue to be released, including Josh's. Anyway... Let's check in once again with my good friend, Josh Pike. This is episode 37 of Good Evans, It's a Bobcast. G'day, Josh. How are you going? Hey, mate. How are you? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm not too bad. Look, I thought maybe we should um, start off on a just a, like a happy, uplifting note. Um, so, you know, I have to start by congratulating you on your album, Rome. It came out this past week. Tell me how that's all been going. Let's give me, just give me some positive uplifting <laughs> news, Josh. <laughs> well, it, it's, it's going surprisingly well. I was... You know, it's been a hard slog. I'm not going to lie. Like, we've been pushing hard to kind of get the word out. There's only so much you can do, you know? Like, there's only yeah. so many sort of live-streamed things and chats with mates-style things before I think it people started getting a bit fatigued. So, we were trying everything. We put together some really 
you know, fun bundles, which was, you know, largely sort of, you know, a lot of them were my idea. Like the, the lyric book was something that I like personally organized and everything. Tried to make these things count as as charting uh, eligible, uh, you know, bundles. And the hard work seemed to pay off. But there was a – so the album debuted at – it was the number one Australian release, which is – I'm just so awesome. stoked. And it's, and it's in the top ten for the overall. So it's number eight overall, which is just – for me, it's just like it's my sixth. Every it means every album I've done has been in the top ten. Yeah, and um, that's amazing. And I I texted you the other night, and you did. You're, um, a, you're a real sweetheart, mate. No, you're be, a real sweetheart. Because I think it's like really important to to note that you know that's an incredible run, and and it's also super rare. I don't think um, a lot of people would know. And I mean, look, it's chart a lot of you know it's not something that people need to worry about and. Um, or think about, um, uh, but I also think that even you probably don't realise what how how rare it is and how significant that is to to have that kind of consistency um, over that many years of of albums landing in the top ten. And, and as I saw you um, say on your socials recently, you know, it's just it's a testament to your core fan base. You know, of just it being is, yeah. so loyal. And I think you're incredibly. Uh, well, you you know you're I'm lucky that you know, I am, but I am, it's not sure. all luck, of course. But um, but yeah, I mean you must be you must be really proud. I'm I'm I, very, I, I mean, really happy for you. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. It it is it is, it's. I mean, I I, I do feel lucky, but it's it's through cultivating these relationships over the years, totally. cultivating a, a proper a proper you know, core su- supporter group. Um, and you know, not not catering to them. I always just do what I want to do. But I do, you know, I basically value my fan base way more than I value, you know, the industry in inverted totally, commas yeah. because Absolutely. the industry comes and goes. The industry moves on from people all the time, but it's your core yeah. fan base that stays with you. So yeah, no, I'm I'm very stoked, and you know, um, it is a testament to that. And it's also, I I guess, like you know, as I said in a in a post that I did on instagram today it's like i actually generally don't celebrate these things i kind of like Mm. i feel like a bit of a wanker to yeah like oh number one baby you know and my wife's always like just celebrate like this is big just celebrate take a moment to celebrate and um so they my family bought me a lovely bottle of whiskey which i'm sipping on right now excellent excellent uh and yeah so i am trying to be a bit more celebratory about these things because i think there is a bit of a thing in Aussie culture to not like not really kind of harp on about your successes where I mean I always I think about this a lot in America like man I would be like you know out having an expensive well I wouldn't be out having an expensive dinner right now <laughs> 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 uh, that's it I mean that's clearly not funny but you know um, but you know what I mean there, there are other cultures that kind of celebrate their wins a bit more than we do I think and I'm trying to get more on the vibe of celebrating wins when they happen so yeah i'm very grateful very grateful i think it's uh i think it's a good way to be i agree i also think it's a bit of an artist thing as well like you don't want to place i've been the same right from day one we're going right back to jeb's days like never tried to place too much um uh value or significance into you know uh those kind of markers because um it's not the reason why you do it right that's right and yeah. so you know you don't want to um 
but it feels like by celebrating them too much or focusing on that stuff too much, you start to sway away from the reason why you do it in the first place and what's really yeah. and truly important, which is making music that you love and, you know, yeah, having cultivating that audience that is, you know, going to stick with you. Um, well, I think and this, and yeah, this year, you know, like the 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 circumstances of this year has just thrown everything all over the place and I can imagine that there must have been, whilst I'm sure, I know you're a super organised uh, and a guy that <laughs> plans everything, but a lot of that must have been thrown, that would have must have been really hard for you this year because, <laughs> yes. because you just haven't been able to do that. Yeah, I couldn't do it. And you have to pivot and adapt. And I think, you know, I've said this quite a lot in in the media when I've been doing interviews about stuff and sort of advocating for the arts. I think, you know, creatives and artists are pretty good at pivoting and pretty good at adapting uh, on the fly. I think we do that all the time and try and, you know, turn, you know, we've all, we've all been in that situation where it's like there aren't very good ticket sales. So you, you describe the gig as intimate <laughs> instead of, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's a... It's, there's a Josh, yeah, shush. Yeah, exactly. You're, you're killing with my, my <laughs> game plan for like the last five years, dude. But, you know, I think I, I think the, the thing is for me in this particular instance, in this particular year of all years, it really and, – and we've we've talked about this before on this on your podcast is like it does force you to kind of take an audit of what works and what doesn't. And in right. the absence of touring and in the absence of, rate, you know, Double J has played my stuff a lot, which is absolutely fantastic. But in the absence of any other radio at all, commercial radio, yeah. nothing like that, it really, the only thing that I have is my core fan base. And to achieve a result like this is literally based on the relationship that I have with them. And that's why I feel celebratory around this because there has been an opportunity to audit everything else out of out of this equation as you know, I love equations and, and stuff like that. Um, and it really has been a, 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 a an opportunity to see what is important and what works. And yeah. it, is just, it, it is just that relationship. So that's why I feel very grateful about this. But enough about me. Let's talk about you. You are no. in Victoria. <laughs> You're well, in Victoria. I, before we go there, I just wanted also <laughs> to um, just touch on the uh, Instagram video that I did recently. Now, <laughs> um, which was in response to your video where you went into JB Hi-Fi and you saw the uh, Bob and Eskimo Joe uh, vinyl, which seems to be misplaced in the alphabetical order. But I know, um, I know, it's weird, right? Um, and so, um, and so, on a on a whim of silliness, I responded with a video. And at, afterwards, after I made it, I was like really in two minds of posting it, which is why I sent it to you first. I was like. I was a little bit worried that some super fan pikelets might uh, might just come at me hard and just be like, no. um, that's a bit, you know, what are you burning Josh's records for, man? No, that's right. it's, it's, all, it's all love. <laughs> I mean, what they don't know is that you literally forwarded me, you sent me the video before you posted it saying, is this, is this okay? <laughs> <laughs> that's it's like it's a very gentle it's a, it was a very it was a very well considered um burn well i don't uh, no, i don't always funny. i don't always trust what i think is funny to necessarily <laughs> well play. especially if you've been in lockdown for six months you're like exactly i don't know what the fuck's exactly right i yeah. don't know up from down left from right anymore i'm not so, a good not a good judge of these things so yes let, let, let's talk about that so you are in victoria in Sydney, we are, you know, we 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 have some restrictions, but we're generally okay. Like I'm I'm going out to, you know, I'm going out to bars, you know, socially 
responsible COVID responsible way regularly. We, we, you know, we're catching up with family regularly. We had, you know, Father's Day celebrations and all that kind of stuff. You guys, my sister's in Melbourne, so I've been staying up to date with how it's working out and it's, it's brutal, right? Like you guys are, what, five, five months into this thing now with, with a short break in between? With a little break, dude. It's like I can't even imagine what it's like to be have that kind of semi-normal uh, state of affairs, you know. Well, mm. okay, let's let's compare notes about what's happening in New South Wales compared to Victoria, and and, and let's also um, look at what's happening in other states and territories because everybody's kind of splintered off into all these different kind of areas of circumstance. Um, and we'll see if we can put a picture of it all together in terms of how it affects, you know, live performance in our industry. But I think we do need to take a moment to gather our thoughts, Josh, before we okay. wade into this. So I want to just listen to a little bit of Nick Drake and Wade a Blue and see if we can't find our way to Blue Skies. Nice. <laughs> Don't you have a word? To show what may be done Have you never heard A way to find the sun Tell me all that you may Show me what you have to show Won't you come and say if you know the way to move Have you seen the land Living by the breeze Can you understand The light among the trees Tell me Ah, segue. You, 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 it was like you could see my notes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Victoria, right? Um, yeah. So Melbourne's in stage four and regional Victoria's in stage three. So the main difference there, I'm in regional Victoria. I live um, in a place called Ocean Grove, which has probably been mentioned a bunch of times in this podcast, which is outside the uh, metropolitan area of Victoria. So um, the main difference between three and four that I can gather is um, in Melbourne, there's an 8 p.m. or there has been for about the last six weeks, an 8 p.m. curfew. Um mm-hmm. So no one's allowed out in the streets after between 8 p.m. and I don't know what the morning thing is, maybe 6 or something. Um, that doesn't really affect me because I haven't gone out after 8 p.m. <laughs> for about the last five years anyway, living in a place like Ocean Grove and having two kids, uh, you know, under the age of nine. What are you going to do anyway? So that's cool. Um, the I guess the main difference um, is the shop. There's just more shop closures. So, I, mm. I mean, if I want to, I can still... Not that I have, but um, if I had to, I guess I could still go down to Target and buy a new pair of tracksuit pants because <laughs> the ones I've been wearing for the last six months are starting to wear thin. Um, haven't you? Haven't you got all your old Jebediah like green and gold tracksuit suits that you used to wear? I remember those. Oh, the yeah. You know what? I do have the tracksuit that um, I wore um, at the 2000 Big Day Out. With Jebediah, that everybody wore these sort of parachute material tracksuits that we found in an op shop. I remember that, um, man. And I actually do still have that. My mum, bless her heart, who keeps everything, she 
kept it and sent it to me a few years ago. So it's in this Ziploc bag. But you know what? It looks kind of gross. It looks a bit like evidence for a crime scene. <laughs> <laughs> and I've been really unwilling to open it up because I just don't know what kind of strange, you know, toxic ghosts yeah. from the past might If you put it, put it under a blue light, it might, it might reveal a few things. Hey, so what about, what about this? What about if we did a, if we compared a, a day-to-day? Because you and I, in, in, under normal circumstances, okay. would, would live pretty normal, uh, pretty similar lives. We both have two kids right. of similar ages. We're both musicians. Some would say professional musicians. Other would, others would uh, disagree. So <laughs> I, I'll start with mine. So okay. I, get, I get up at, like, let's say, 7 o'clock. I get up. I, I go wow. downstairs. Okay. Uh, we have a little joke in my, my family, my wife and I, because my, my wife's working from home, so that is a, a bit of a difference. Has uh, she been working? Now, has she been working from home since whole, yeah, since March, March. April, yeah, yeah. right? Yeah, since okay. March. And we have this thing where it's like uh, breakfast, lunch, dishwasher, coffee. So we we make the kids breakfast. We make their lunch for schools. I unload the dishwasher. She makes the coffee. Sounds breakfast, like a lunch, uh, dishwasher, coffee. Well, look, you've already delved into the world of children's literature, and I feel like that could be um, the track one of a children's album in a kind of rap. Sure. Style? Yeah, yeah. Oh, cool. That's cool. That's what the kids think is cool, right? <laughs> rap. Old white guys rapping. That's cool. Yeah, as far as I know, yeah. that's cool. Totally um, cool. So, we, that's, that's, so, we're all down in the kitchen uh, getting our you know, lives together in order to leave the house. By 9 o'clock, I walk the kids to school. We, we live just a, you know, a couple of hundred meters away from the school. So, at 9 o'clock, I walk the kids to school. I come home. I, I, actually, this morning, I went for a... 13k bike ride and oh, then i came you. came home and i went into the studio and started uh mucking around basically recording Great. some stuff okay over to you that, okay that, and that's it up. that's it well okay. then yeah the kid kids go get the kids at three come home do homework that's it the kids are in bed now more probably maybe uh over <laughs> to you okay so my day is um so i I, I used to set an alarm at seven o'clock. <laughs> this but is I, already this has already gone down here. <laughs> <laughs> I used to set an alarm at seven, but after a while, I just was like, "There's no point in setting an alarm at seven <laughs> because I'll just get up when the when the kids wake up." Yeah. Um. So my wife gets up. Yeah. Look, even my wife's been going into work each day. Um. Oh, she's going. So the kids are at school. No, no. Well, so, see, this is the thing. Like. Um, there is, there are still oh, kids yes. going to school that are the that are children of um, essential of workers or whatever essential workers, yeah, and also kids who are classed as vulnerable. So they may be kids with learning disabilities, or maybe they've got situations at home. Mm-hmm. So, so this is the thing, and you know, this is a tangent. I will get back to what I was saying before, but this is a tangent because um, I think it's important for people to know that. Um, teachers my experience with a wife that's a teacher is that since this has happened they've been working harder than ever because not only do they have to prepare all the home learning stuff for their kids but a lot of them also still have to go into school Mm. and look after the kids that are in school as well so their job description has like broadened out a heap Um, right and yeah i mean my wife has has uh, she's worked more hours this year than i've ever seen at work so yeah right very so it's you know it's it's tough for them so anyway um so anyway i don't set an alarm uh the kids normally wake up around the same time around seven ish or whatever i sort of you know 
drag myself out of bed by 7.30 at the latest. Okay, 7.30 at the latest. Um, and get the kids all ready. Uh, wife's out the door sort of around 8.30. Now, I have been doing morning exercise. Um, this is something that I started, well, around Easter. Um, is this still the aerobics thing? Like the video? Well, I was doing that for a while, but now I don't watch the videos anymore because it's just the same thing all the time and I've learnt all the routines <laughs> like by memory now. So Can I you don't make your to... own routine? Can you film your own routine and put and you know to encourage other people to do morning exercise? Like morning well, exercise I, with Bob Evans. I could do that, Josh, but I've got a feeling that it wouldn't play well. Um, oh, I don't know, man. I would <laughs> I mean I would watch that. I would watch that on so repeat. I just, just again do a, and again. a quick bit of exercise and, and I feel like that's been really important just in terms of getting the blood flowing and just putting me uh, just because it's like there is a real feeling of waking up each day of like Groundhog Day. You know, mm. sometimes I feel like waking up in the morning and just yelling out, Groundhog Day! Yeah. And going downstairs and making breakfast and getting, you know, it's breakfast, the same thing lunch, every day. Dishwasher coffee. It's, breakfast, it's just, lunch, dishwasher coffee. Yeah. It's pretty yeah. numbing. So, so I feel like just doing 20 minutes of exercise while after the kids have had their breakfast and while my wife's getting for work and the kids are getting dressed, whatever, I just do a quick bit of exercise, give myself some energy. Then we start homeschooling at nine o'clock. Mm-hmm. Um, we're normally wrapped up. Oh, on a good day, we might be wrapped up by sort of 11, 30, 12. Mm-hmm. Um, on a day where the work's a little bit heavier for the kids, m- might be one one thirty. Yeah. Um, my wife comes home, Kristen is her name, uh, for those who don't know. Um, she comes home any time between maybe one in the afternoon or if she's got meetings or long days, it might be as late as four. So if she comes home early, then I can take a bit of a break. I go for walks, uh, if weather permitting. Um, oh, so you can you can still go out and and I can get down to the beach or whatever. I can living outside of the metropolitan area. I'm allowed mm. to in the metro area. So you're still only supposed to go out for an hour a day, um, but in metropolitan Melbourne, you are not allowed to go any outside of a five kilometer radius of the yeah. city. Whereas I mean, I don't. I just walk down to the beach. It's like a few hundred meters from my house, so I can just go and do that. Um, for just half check an out hour. the motion of the ocean. You know, just like write some poems about the motion of the ocean. Yeah, some, that, some suntan that, lotion. You know, I wish it was like that. But all I'm really doing is like walking around, de-stressing, trying to clear my mind, and um, <laughs> trying to rebuild um, all the everything that I've lost in terms of my um, personal uh, happiness. <laughs> <laughs> Um, do you, do you ever then, take your guitar down to the beach and sit there like Xavier Rudd and drag some, you know, like um, bushes around and yeah, and light a little, and, light a little bonfire, yeah, play, play a little Ernest Beach funk, yeah, um, no, nah. um, <laughs> and then and then yeah, the day and then we're done it into you know the dinner and bath routines and all that shower routines. I mean, the, my kids are getting older now, um, so you know they're more independent. Um, obviously than they were a few years ago but um, but yeah it's just that's the routine I, I haven't been sometimes at night I'll come into the studio and do a bit of work but to be honest with you like it's like mo- as this has dragged on and I've really started to feel this in the last sort of month 
my motivation levels have just really dropped. Yeah, um, so let, let, let's talk about that because I think that's, that's you know, bringing it back to the sort of creative um, industries. I mean, I, I, I felt, and I think I said this to you on the last Bobcast or maybe the one before, um, I felt like I'd hit a wall and I just, I just didn't have any motivation for creativity yeah. and, and I felt very lucky and fortunate that I had um you know the album was in the can so it was all yeah it was all done and i kind of had some time up my sleeve and i and i've got to say that since the world has opened up a little bit in in new south wales at least my motivation for creativity is has really come back you know like it yeah. really it really does seem to be there does seem to be a direct correlation between you know a bit of openness in the world and being able to you know embrace the world and be out in the world and creative uh you know motivation yeah so for you i mean you do have this album that you were mixing last time we, was, we spoke yeah, and you albums, had some big announcement for a label well, or something I, I don't think i had a big announcement but now the album's all mixed mastered finished album, album cover artworks all done starting to pull a release schedule together so yeah that's all been kind of going on in the background and thank fuck that it has yeah because um and and the I will be putting something out before the end of the year, but the record's not going to come out until 2021. Mm. Um, you heard it first on the Bobcast. Yeah. You, heard, you heard this bad news first on my So who's, who's it coming out through? Are you allowed to talk about that yet? Oh, I don't know. It hasn't been announced publicly yet. So okay. I mean, go look, on, I don't on. know. I cool. just, um, but, Tell me you after. know, the, the, main reason, the main reason that music's going to, that I'm going to be putting out music before the end of the year is just for my own mental mm. health because the idea of, like, not having anything... Bef- until next year and for this year to just feel like f- uh, you know a blip yeah it just was just it'd just be crushing so there will be something uh, you know we are going to put something out um and and yeah it's really just for for my own <laughs> for my own peace peace of mind more than anything else i think um, that's i think it's great that you know that about yourself though because it is like you know as a creative person it's that funny kind of dichotomy between creativity and then why do we create and if we're if we're honest we we create a because we we we're compelled to do it but we do crave an audience i mean that is that is just a fundamental truth and so it's like as you say if you if you don't have this output that goes out into the world, it does kind of feel like a wasted yeah. year, you know, and it's exactly that's not a good feeling. I think, yeah, I think definitely, you know, and obviously, live performance is the the kind of conduit for this. But yeah, I've always felt like there has to be an outlet for stuff. If I'm creating stuff, like if I'm not putting it out into the world, then it just if I feel really kind of stifled and yeah. um um and it just yeah, it's it's like it's like a build up, you know. In the same way, it's like an emotional thing. It's like if you build all this stuff up and you're not able to let it out, um, it becomes incredibly uh, kind of oppressive. So, mm-hmm. um, so that is going to happen. But look, what about other parts of Australia? I know I'll, I'll, I'll talk about WA, obviously, my my wonderful uh, place of birth. Um, mm. Now they've they've done this hard border thing, um, and you know. I, I got to say, like looking on my social media feeds with friends and pe- artists and people I know in WA, they're playing gigs. Yeah, um, people are going out. Everything looks kind of normal now. For 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 me, it that just 
seems it's surreal. It's so surreal. I can't even imagine what it must be like. Um, but they, they because of this hard border, they still have uh, a t- so. It, in order to go to WA and play a show from outside WA, um, not only do you have to do a two-week quarantine in a hotel, which you have to pay for yourself, but you, but you also, before that, you also just have to be given permission to enter. And, mm. um, and often that permission is given, from what I can gather, from people that I know and what I've heard is given on um, uh, uh, grounds of, like, uh, sy- sympathetic grounds, right? So maybe... Um, uh, personal reasons or whatever. Um, so the next show that I'm supposed to be doing is a Jebediah gig at this beer fest thing over there on mm. October October the 2nd. So we're really close to having to make a decision about how, if this is, you know, even going to be possible. Um, yeah. Yeah, because similar, even yeah. if I was to do the two-week quarantine, there's no guarantee. Even if I was prepared to do the two-week two quarantine and pay for it, um, there's no guarantee that we would even be given permission that 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 that, that kind of work would even be would qualify yeah. as being important enough to to go over there. So yeah, it's um, a, I, I was actually approached by a promoter um, that you and I both know, t- absolute champion of a person, basically offered me a a tour of the of WA, but the conditions were were that I would have to quarantine for two weeks, and then in order to make it worthwhile would do a two-week tour of stay there for a while yeah of, of wa yeah and and i'm super grateful for that opportunity but there's no way i'm leaving my family for a month exactly you know? Like, I know. absolutely no way I, you know like it's particularly at this point in history when things are a bit you know a bit sort of stressful and 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 sort of you know anxiety ridden anyway there's and just, you still- I, can't, I can't imagine anything worse than being by myself for and two would you weeks still, in a hotel room. You'd still probably have to quarantine two weeks at the other end of that, On right? On the way back, yeah. I didn't even think so of So there's a whole other... T- it's not just a month. No, that's, that's six a, weeks. That's insane. When was, when was the last time you spent six weeks away from your family? Ten years ago. I haven't. I haven't yeah. for, for, Me neither. for since my first son was born. No. Me neither. So, you know, that's, it's a lot. It's a lot to um, consider. And it's really hard because, you know, we all, we're all desperate to work. Mm. We're all desperate to make money. But more than that, we're all desperate to do our job that we love. Yeah. Yeah. And that keeps us, uh, you know, feeling <laughs> vital. Mm. Um, so, yeah, those decisions are really, really difficult. Um, and then, of course... Queensland um, is uh, now the Queensland border still closed to New South Wales. What's going on? Still, still closed. Um, and Queensland seems to be doing okay. I've got friends up there. You know, Jack Carty's one of my good mates, and he was playing a gig the other night at the at the Trifford. Uh, but they're doing course, it to reduce capacities, right? They are, yeah. But I think Cav, old mate Cav, was doing a gig in WA yeah. last week. But I think that was reduced capacity as well, wasn't it? It's, I think I it's think, all still – I think I you think, still have to adhere to the four-metre squared thing. Okay. I yeah. think it's like uh, my uh, reading of it was that most places are operating at around about 50% capacity right. in the in the states where, where gigs are allowed to happen. So, yeah um, – but still, you know, I mean, what people are doing, and I know this is stuff with your tour as well, people are sort of doing two shows in the one day, doing mm. afternoon shows, evening shows, late shows, all that kind of thing to to try and make that work. Um, but, yeah, so, you know, your touring schedule for Rome is in October. How's that yeah. all looking? How's that looking? 
Well, it's looking, I mean, I've got to be honest, it's looking almost impossible at this point. I mean, borders are cl- literally closed to, to, to the other states. Uh, and as we just mentioned, you know, maybe it's possible with two weeks quarantining, but that's not a viable option for me. Um, so we are, yeah, we, we should have something ready to announce uh, late this week or next week in terms of this series of options that we're looking into. And again, it's just a, a matter of of sort of keeping our options open, but also just pivoting, massively pivoting and trying to figure something different out. I mean, I'm in this, like if I, if I didn't already have a tour, which I'd sold all the tickets to, I, I would probably just draw a line under 2020 and go, I'm going to release music. I'm going to do as much stuff yeah. online as possible, but just forget about touring. But because I have these tickets that are sold and it does seem like there's an appetite for, you know, my, my supporters to, to support me. Absolutely. I want to, I, I want to try and honor the, that support somehow so we're, we're figuring something out and i should have something you know due for announcement next week but it's you know i mean to be honest it's it's difficult to see how i can get out of new south wales really i mean like i literally can't at this point yeah so yeah it's a tough one but yeah you just got to kind of pivot and keep adapting and and just think of ideas which you know uh, one advantage of the creative industries is that you would you would hope that we are good at thinking outside the square. So we'll see what happens. Um, I want to talk about mental health because obviously from the perspective of someone in Victoria, even though I'm not in Melbourne, which is by far the, where the worst situation is still, it's been a, a, such a long road and you know we've still got a way to go. I mean, um, there's at least another two weeks of current conditions before they'll look at, um, starting to ease things, but it's still going to be a very gradual easement, which I think is the only way possible, um, mm. which will take us right through to November, December. Um, and, you know, there's a real sense to me of fracturing going on that further weighs this whole scenario down um, that, yeah, I want to I want to talk about. But anyway, okay, let's... I'm going to ease us in with another song, Josh, because right. I think we... I think we just need some music just to help us get into these conversations sometimes. So are you a are you a teenage fan club fan? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Well, okay, I love teenage fan club and I'm gonna play a teenage fan club song now. This is called Tears. There's no future. So, I 
think I've already kind of said how much harder um, the second wave has been compared to the first one. Um, I think I before we chatted tonight, I just had a look at my calendar and I tried to kind of figure out how many weeks of homeschooling that we've done, and I think it's 15. Oh, my um, goodness. Wow. Yeah, I think it's about 15 weeks. Um, which, with an, uh, so the end of term three is the end of next week, so roughly two more weeks to go. And then um, then we get two weeks holidays, then, there'll be, then the kids will be at home for the first week of term four, and all things going well, they'll start back second week of term four and um, be able to finish out the year. Um, and so all things going well, you know, it's going to be 17, 18 weeks of homeschooling. And I just, and even though I know it's not all about homeschooling, that's my personal experience. Obviously, people who um, have businesses um, are really starting to wonder whether they're going to be able to make it out the other end. Mm. Um, And I've really noticed here in Victoria, the strain, the cracks are opening, the strain is really starting to show. and, And the political nature of what's going on with the, the constant pummeling of uh, Daniel Andrews. Yeah. By, you know, by not just the state Liberal Party, but, you know, it's coming from the federal politics as well. And the Murdoch press have really been going after him. And, you know, all this social media stuff about fucking Chairman Dan that convinced that he's like a communist China sh- shill. And, um, you know, these opinions are being expressed by so many people from all across Australia. I think it's getting really hard to take. And my kind of feeling is that it's I just it just makes things worse for for us. Like, yeah, things are already hard. Like, I I'm just going to put it out there. I think people in Victoria we don't need any more opinions from people. I think we just need support. Mm. We just need people to go because you know all, there was I think there was a time a little while ago where. Um, where Scott Morrison said, you know, we're all Mel- Melburnians or we're all Victorians. And I feel like that kind of sentiment has just disappeared. Um, and there are just so many people have that are just becoming so opinionated and social media and obviously fuels this mm, to the sure point does. where I've just, sometimes I've gotten close to just like, you know, deleting my social media feeds. And if I didn't rely on it for work so much, I would. Um, but, but yeah, I just, I think that's just been really overwhelming and really not productive and just, um, making the feeling of isolation that is already present even worse. Yeah. Well, it's really, really creates an us, us or them type of mentality where really, I mean, I, I, that's been a really interesting thing is like suddenly the division of the states and kind of the you know like how you identify as a new south welsh person or a you know a w w australian or you know whatever suddenly these it's not just these soft borders that we've always thought of in australia it's these hard borders yeah and it's it's like it's sort of going back to this strange colonial vibe of of you know separatism yeah. and you know seceding from the rest of the country and stuff like that and yeah, I, you can you can kind of imagine some somebody like you know a state like wa going well we we have no coronavirus and we have all the resources and we're doing just fine so i sorry we're we're, we're out kind of absolutely thing. yeah I, you know? I totally understand 
why they're doing what they're doing. I mean, my thing is like, you know, I just feel like what's happening in the world, even if we just talk about Australia, right? You know, what's happening with coronavirus and and how it's sort of changing state by state. Like, it shouldn't be shouldn't be about politics, right? I mean, like, no. regardless of whether you voted Labor or Liberal in the last election, like, this this shouldn't be about that. I mean, like, <clears throat> you know, I, in the last, for, you know, full disclosure, the last state election, I didn't vote Labor or Liberal. I voted for a local independent here where I live. So, but, but regardless of whether Daniel Andrews was Labor or Liberal, I would be supporting him because we we don't have the choice we have to just get behind things and get through this it's not about like the you know it shouldn't become like a a political issue um and it's it's becoming so much about that now that people are and you know just recently there were you know demonstrators in melbourne that were going out and it's just it's a bad scene you know it's like it's really it's not it's not helping it's um i think it's it's difficult because it's it it is a political issue because the the handling of this situation is political in the sense that it's politicians essentially make you know at the end of the day making these decisions i think the issue is is not so much that it's become politicized but that it's become this fucking bullshit point scoring that always happens yeah and it just it, ta- it completely shifts the focus from the actual issue at hand to the politics of the issue. So you can't remove this issue from politics because it's politicians making the decisions, but you, you can try and make it, you know, a, a human discussion rather than, mm. you know, Daniel Andrews did this, you know, ScoMo's scoring points off him now, you know, Josh bloody Frydenberg's, you know, doing this or that it's just like it's it it becomes it 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 shifts the focus away from what is the real story of this which yeah. is the human story which is people homeschooling their kids for 15 weeks 15 to 17 weeks yeah or businesses that are wondering how they're going to continue to pay the rent on their um oh, retail so many space. businesses yeah just going down the drain you know people like you know i mean my friends that i know who are just on the precipice of losing their job you know at at all times and feeling the intense anxiety that they are on the edge of a cliff at all times you know so there's that that is the that those are the issues and and i do think that social media just makes such a fucking dog's breakfast of all this stuff because there's there's the reporting of the issues but then there's also the political point scoring and then there's also the the desire to, of a lot of commentators on social media just to up their views and stuff that's their motivation rather than dissemination of information or actual sort of productive commentary they're literally trying to get more eyeballs on their bloody twitter stream so it's there's a lot of different motivations that are, that aren't and almost none of them are altruistic and what we really no. need to be doing is focusing on on that right now i mean i've had moments definitely over the last month of being really overwhelmed like there it, i was thinking about it the other week um and it was like the last time i kind of felt like this was around about the time when um just after we'd had our second 
daughter. Um, so Ella would have been two and a bit. And then we had Ivy, and she was a, a you know, a newborn baby. And, um, and so, and, and it was, there were some difficulties around those first few months. And so it was quite stressful, a stressful situation. And so you're sort of, you know, you're keeping it together, you're keeping it together, you're not sleeping properly. Um, so there are all these other factors that kind of um, influence it. But you're just holding it together, holding it together. But there's this kind of, um, you've, there's this overwhelming kind of thing that's just br- slowly just brimming to the surface. And I can remember driving in my car to, into Melbourne um, for to do something work-related and just bursting into tears while I was driving mm. because because it just kind of, I guess there was a moment where I was alone and I just it just had got to the surface and just kind of let it all out. Mm. And I feel like there have been moments in the last month where it's been a bit like that. Yeah. You know, where because you're just, you know, you're you're just trying to kind of just not, well, you are, you're kind of squashing this stuff down inside you and just trying to kind of keep it together. And I definitely, there have been moments where I've been really grumpy and the kids have totally picked up on it, you know. Yeah. I, have, I haven't yeah. been able to disguise it. Dad's grumpy, um, you know, which isn't something I'm particularly proud of. But, um, but yeah, that seems to be the, the mood at the moment. And I know people that uh, I work with as, as well as friends that, um, you know, have never even spoken really about mental health before that are starting to, like, take days off for their mental yeah, health. I'm, 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 I'm taking a mental health day off. Um, and, yeah, it's that stuff that I haven't really seen it's, before. And that's why I yeah. feel like it's, we're, you know, in, a, in Victoria, it feels like it's kind of, we're in a situation that I don't think people from other states really can understand what it's no, like. Absolutely. You know? I mean, like I said, my, my sister lives in Melbourne and she's, you know, she's in the city uh, and it's, super full-on and i just think you know i i think catharsis is a really positive thing in these situations and you know like and it's hard when you're holding it together all the time particularly when you've got kids and you're trying to hold it together for them i mean you know I, we we had a a death in my in my extended family in the last month or so and it was very tragic and when i fe- when i heard the news i literally lost it harder than I have cried for many, many years. And it mm. felt like it was just kind of everything coming yeah. out. And this was, this was a, the, the, the sort of straw that broke the camel's back and it was the cork that, you know, and, it, and it's, it's, it's a powerfully, it's, you know, the, the situations aren't positive, but that catharsis is something that I think everybody needs, you know, whether, I don't know how we all, need to get it but for creatives i guess it's always been playing live right like for me yeah. that's always been a thing of like you know all these things that you know get me in my life and all the things that i'm writing songs about to kind of process anyway that live uh you know forum of, of presenting that material in that live forum has always been a very cathartic experience and and when we don't have that i don't know i i don't have the answer i don't know what it is that we can do to achieve that kind of catharsis when you tr- when you're also trying to hold it together for your family and stuff like that, it's, I don't think this is unique to creatives. This is just no. the world that we're living in at the moment. But I, catharsis is very powerful, and I 
I wish I had an answer. I wish I wish there was like a button you could press on the side of your head to just make you have a really good cry and then you know you do, you do feel a bit empty and better in in some ways yeah to like a bit of a reset yeah i i do feel like um and definitely the sort of impression i'm getting from in wa and i'm sure it'll play out around the country in in time is that um people are really desperate to go out and experience live music or live performance of any kind and um you know i i am sort of really positive about when we do start to come out of this that um there will be a really positive kind of uh comeback from all the people that are just have missed it so much and and sometimes it's like you know it's a cliche but you know you often don't know you know what what you've lost until it you know you don't know what you miss until you you lose it and um and i do think that there will be um a really positive kind of uh reflex to all of this and that people will uh be really desperate to be going out and have a good time i mean in victoria i mean it's going to be such an incredible novelty i can't tell you um how crazy it's going to be when people are allowed even if it's just in a restricted way to just go out and just have some semblance of um of their normal life again i think yeah you know people are just going to be desperate for it and really really happy to be experiencing it again i think i think that the danger in that situation is that everyone's so bottled up that there's the danger that you know it goes the other way and everyone goes a bit bit too crazy and and, and doesn't no, but seriously, like doesn't doesn't adhere to kind of yeah you know, that's social always. distancing and stuff. And I mean, we've seen it in uh, you know when the the first nice day comes along, everyone bolts down to St Kilda, and yeah, there was you know yeah. like loads of people on the beach. And I mean, I, I can't you can't blame I can't blame anybody for these sorts of responses. But that's that would be my fear is that you know, and I certainly don't have an alternative but it's like that the the bottling up will lead to just uh, an explosion of kind of you know risk taking I, yeah. I hope not but you know never know i think we're going to be living on that knife's edge for a little while yet yeah um, man well into next year yeah um all right let's uh Let's move on to uh, letters. Um, oh, Mar- Mar- right. well, there's not. There's not. <clears throat> to be fair, there's not a lot because you know I haven't done one of these for a little while. And it's been um, three months, um, you say. I do appreciate uh, people uh, emailing in. Now, um, we have had an email from uh, your friend of mine. Um, she's a sheep. Oh, um, Siobhan. Uh, yes, Siobhan has written in. Hey, Kevin, I've been thinking about you and your fellow Victorians currently going down the rabbit hole again with COVID nineteen restrictions back in full swing. I know it's tough, but I hope everyone is being responsible, staying home, staying safe. We're all thinking about you. Uh, that means a lot. So, uh, Splendid in the Grass tickets went on sale this week for next July. So, obviously, this is a little bit... How old is this? Oh, 17th of July just came through. Um, got me wondering, while this is over a year away, what about the closer events for this year? We're still hoping Josh can tour later this year, starting in Brizzy in October. And I understand you'll be wanting to set tour plans in place for your next album also. But what if some states are safe and some are back into heavy restrictions by them. 
does that present a complicated quandary for a touring musician? Do you tour and satisfy patient crowds and earn a bit of coin in the safe regions or put it all on hold yet again until the country returns to that mythical safe level of normal once again? I hope, Queensland, I hope Queensland can remain a safe place for all sports folk. <laughs> As an AFL fan... Um, you know, all you know, spending a lot of time watching things in Queensland at the moment and musicians alike. But it's such a delicate line between COVID clear and sheer dumb luck and sunshine. Stay safe and out of trouble. Love the Bobcast. Cheerio. Thank you very much, Siobhan. Yeah, I mean, I guess we've kind of talked about it and it is it is very problematic because there isn't a, you know, there isn't a unified uh, situation, you know, where no. every state and every territory has got, slightly different circumstances slightly different rules and um the and trying to navigate your way around that to do any kind of meaningful national touring very difficult it can i mean look people are going to do it i just saw the other day on um on social media uh illy was uh posted that he'd been asked to go up and do a festival up in darwin and um so he went up to darwin he decided no i'm just going to go and do two weeks isolation in darwin for a 40 minute set wow um um and you know look if that works for your own personal circumstances then sure you know for me personally if i didn't have a wife and kids i think like going and doing two weeks in isolation for a show would probably be something that i might be a lot more interested in doing um <clears throat> but yeah it's just not practical at, at well, this the, point the other time. the other thing is it's like whatever you plan for now could be completely different in two weeks or exactly. two days, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, we've seen, you know, you have a, a, a the, you know, this roadmap in inverted commas out of, out of lockdown in, um, in, in Victoria and it's, you know, you've got another two weeks, but who knows what's going to happen in those two weeks and in two weeks they could extend it again. You know, I hate to say that, but that's, that's the truth. Uh, and so anything that you try and plan now is, is potentially out the window in in a month or you know when because yeah. you know when you're booking a tour you're talking sometimes six months out Tur- or more absolutely you know? yeah yeah it's just fucking impossible so it's like th- that's that's the sort of thing that you know me and my team are trying to figure out is like what can we control and yeah. and what what won't change you know in the next while and then trying to work around that and it's it poses an enormous challenge so it's yeah I mean in terms of the question. Do you just do what you can or do you put it all on hold? Yeah. As, as an artist, I my personal thing is it's kind of like a bird in hand is is worth two in the bush. Is that the is that the bird in hand is a, a, um, I think so. I'm still confused about what that actually means. A bird so in means the hand. That, yeah. So, if, two, so it oh, means Okay, so if like, you're hunting, if you're hunting birds. <laughs> yeah, if you're hunting. So looking, one bird in the hand is better than having two birds in the bush that you haven't killed yet. Yeah, but like, okay. you know, so you don't go for the two, you just keep the one in your hand, you know? Okay. Um, so, meaning if you are only... <laughs> so, so meaning if you, if you have the option to tour safely somewhere, you do that and then you figure the rest out later. So, for you, New South Wales is your bird in hand. Yeah, that, is that's that right? A, that's, that's a that's a perfect <laughs> analogy. Yeah. Am I still on track here, or like? Yeah. So if you if you imagine you're in the woods with a bow and arrow, and you yep. see you have one bird in your hand, and somebody okay. says, "I'll," you can have you can have an option to shoot these two birds in the bushes, or, or just take that one, one bird got. that you have in your hand. Which one are you going to do? Kind of like a game show. 
Yeah, you take the bird in hand, right? That's, not, yeah. That's what you do. I well, don't know what you would do, but that's what I would do. Well, I have been known to gamble. No, so. That's actually true. <laughs> yeah, I've been with you. Yeah. Um, all right, there's another one here. This does refer to a recent podcast I did with Zan Rowe, but the question I think we can both talk about. So uh, this is from Chris. Hi, Bob. Uh, quick one regarding the Zan Rowe episode in particular. Uh, CD players. As a 90s kid... I collected CDs through the late 90s and through the 2000s until most the regular shops downsized their shelf spaces. I have a fair CD collection sitting collecting dust and couldn't bear to part with them, but no CD player, as you said. Who does who does that these days? Enjoyed the recent vinyl resurgence, and I have a turntable. Last year I bought a Yamaha 5-CD deck and have been loving it. Thought you might <laughs> like to know. Thanks, Chris. Look, um, yes, I as I sit here in my garage, I, I've got two shelves of CDs that I haven't touched in years. Um, however, I do, to the left of me, have a record player and, you know, a pretty humble uh, uh, collection of vinyl, maybe, a, oh, what's there, maybe 100, 150 vinyl. And I listen to that often. Um but the CDs, yes, they're just kind of, they're like ornaments now. That's pretty much all they are for yeah. me. Um, I listen to vinyl when I really want to, you know, just have some special alone time, bit of self-care. Um, and I also obviously listen to, um, I stream a lot of music when I just need that quick fix. You know what I'm talking about? Just need a yeah. quick fix into, into the veins. But when I really want to kind of relax and you know, just really have a moment with music. There's nothing better than sticking on a record on vinyl and just letting it go and um and just enjoying that. What about you, Josh? How how what's your listening like these well, days? Well I'm just I'm I I have a LP player set up behind me in my studio. Um and I just never ever use it. I just never use it and I I just find and I haven't used it I haven't played a cd for years and years they're all my cds are in boxes in my garden shed but um yeah so i just stream stuff and i you know i have a good a good sound system so it sounds good and i just find that i it's for me it's the it's the capacity to just get what i want right then you know and i like and so i like i get it i get the ritual of you know turning things you know turning the thing over and, and sort of having that it's almost like an exercise in mindfulness that you have to get up and switch over the, you know, turn the vinyl over and dust the needle down. I think it's as a commitment to it. I think it's like, for me, like putting on a record and listening to vinyl is kind of like sitting down and watching a movie. You know, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to invest, you know, the next one or two hours of my time in, in really um, getting into this film. Well, it's, it's more like what get, sitting down and watching a slideshow, isn't it? Because it, like, if you sit down and watch a movie for an, an hour and a half, you don't have to get up every fucking 20 minutes. You don't have to, to get up once. Over. You don't have to get up once to turn it yeah, over. Yeah, but, but that's only 45 minutes. Then you have to, then you have to if you're going to put on it. I don't know. For me, like, <laughs> may, maybe I'm just a lazy guy. But for me, it's like if, I'm, if I ever, which is very rare that I have the opportunity to like really lie down and like listen to a – to a record, um, to, to, to a, yeah, to an album. Um, I, I don't want to be interrupted and have to get up and I want to like, just let the thing go, you know? So I don't know. I'm, I'm sort of anti, I'm, I'm a, I also don't like stuff anymore. Like I would just want as little stuff in my life as possible. Right. It's like, even, I don't even like, I, I still sort of enjoy the artifact of comic books for sure. Like comic books. Right. 
is still a thing that I love and it's probably what I it's the it's probably the only kind of artifact thing that I continue to buy but even books I'm just like I have I'm a big fan of the Kindle I love the fact that you can as soon as you think of some idea some book you can just get it and you can read the sample and if you like it you can get it I just I'm all about having less stuff in my life and I'm slowly you know it's it's kind of a confronting idea to store everything in the cloud but I'm kind of getting into that as well Hey, um, speaking of comic books, um, mm. so over the last sort of month, my mum has been like clearing out, my mum who lives in Perth, been clearing out um, cupboards and stuff at home and she's sort of been sending me stuff from my childhood, just things that I just left behind when I moved out of home in 1996. Um, she'd been sending me boxes every every Friday, I get a box of this stuff. <laughs> Right now, one of the things that have been in this box is this uh, short. It was a short run. It was. A, it only went three. It was a three series run of of comic books that I made, um, oh. and the comic book was called Spit. And how, how old were you? Um, I reckon I would have been about fourteen. 15. Oh, cool! So, like, you know, like pro- probably a little bit sophisticated and a bit. Edgy well, it was. Like I was. That. I was collecting Marvel comics, so I was kind of. Um, influenced by that and it, it has that kind of look awesome. um, although my drawing is pretty shit but um but anyway the comic book's called spit there were i did three three um uh three of them um and it's about a band it's called <laughs> cool. a band called spit um, oh my god! You've got to you've got to put these you've got well, to publish these on instagram <laughs> at least you know just scan the pages they're like a hair metal band oh, that are, um that are like really into like Skid Row, yes. Um, and I think by number three they were they number three was like they went on tour with Skid Row. But um, <laughs> so anyway, so I'm reading this stuff back that I literally have not seen since I was fourteen. And look, a lot of the um, a lot of the dialogue is quite vulgar. Um, obviously, at fourteen. Um, what I considered to be quite, what what I considered to be edgy, was just like just lots of vulgar kind of content. Oh man, I gotta see this. I gotta see. Well, maybe this. what I'll do is I'll um because I've got it here. I'll I'll take a photo of the front cover oh of Spit Number wait. One. I can't wait to see. Um, this. I think I might have even signed the copy and to in the thought that it might you know. Add value to it. Signed copy, Kevin Mitchell. <laughs> so what did, you, what did you do? Did you print them and distribute them or something? Or? No, no, no. This was just my... No, I just did it for my own in, uh, amusement. You know um, what this reminds me of, though? Do you remember that, that period of zines? Like, which... It's, yes. There's still, yeah. a, there's still a bit of a thing of zines. <laughs> like, I loved zines. I've, got, I've actually got heaps of zines, like, still from, like, these, you know, people printed 10 of them and put them in red eye records or whatever. And when I went to yes. New Zealand a couple of years ago, there's still like a big kind of thing of zines. And I got wow. about like about 20 of them from this one shop on, on um, what's the main road? Um, in Auckland? Uh, no, in Wellington. Um, uh, I can't remember. Uh, anyway, I can't remember Been either. But, oh, Cuba, Cuba Street, Cuba Street. Anyway, there was this great shop and I, and I picked up all these zines. And it really, zines are fucking fantastic. I would love to bring back zine culture. 
Can yeah. we do it? Can but we do I mean, it, guys? Can we, can we do it, Bobcast fans? Can I, look, we do I, it? I Bring back remember Zones. really fondly in the early days of Jeb, so in the, you know, we're talking like mid to late 90s, there were a lot of them. And a lot of them were made by kids. Um, so really focused on the all-ages scene. Yeah. But they were, but they were really important. You, you, if they wanted to interview you, you always said yes because they, they actually meant, you know, they meant something. Oh, totally. People, I've, people I've collected an, them. Yeah, I've got an amazing zine with a... F- really in-depth um interview with fugazi and right. it's like it's fucking amazing yes. I, 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 I don't even know who the hell did it or what they went on to but do, that stuff but just they, went online it just went online right i guess so yeah it's blogs you know like like every exactly um but yes yeah, so i'd love to but this you know look the f- the physical format is something that i guess it will never really uh come back but it's nice to reminisce isn't it um, all right. I, I want to see this comic book, so just <laughs> okay. I'll, um, okay, okay. What I'll do is I'll take a photo of the front cover of um, episode one, and if it garners enough interest, I'll um, I'll tease people with more of it. But it yeah. is quite, like I've got to warn people: it's a fourteen-year-old boy's mind. It's quite vulgar um, and quite base. Um, awesome. So, all right, all right. Um, let's wrap it up, Josh. I want to finish up with uh well is it okay if i play another song from your record this is how we've been finishing these podcasts lately and there's a song of your record that is my personal favorite it's called the closing eye oh yes sure. i really love that song like Thanks, um man. when it starts off it sounds like it could be a josh pike song from 2007 right mm. but then when everything kicks in and i hope you don't mind me referencing other stuff but um it's kind of like Beck meets Elliot Smith stuff. Which is obviously I'll take that, man. I'll take totally that. Totally in my wheelhouse. But yeah, it's it's kind of like, it sounds like total old school Josh Pike, but then it goes into this Beck, Elliot Smith thing. It's a beautiful song. Oh, thanks, man. Um, and it's kind, of a, it's, it's kind of a deep cut on the record. It may not be a song that um, people uh, automatically gravitate to, Um so, you know, that's just me being cool, you know. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, with your blessing, with your blessing, I'll play that out. Oh, I'm honoured. I would be honoured. I would be honoured. <laughs> All right, mate. Well, thanks a lot for doing this. And, Always uh, a pleasure. Yeah, congratulations again on, on the record. You. Done so well. Um, and yeah, good luck. Uh, yeah, hang in there, man. Moving I'm forward. Thinking of you. I'm thinking of you and all your fellow Victorians. We're... we're Plugging away for all of you. Yeah. We'll, we'll hang in there. We'll hang in there. Right. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Like a dream has come to life In the wake of spider night And the fall light flickers ephemeral Illuminates them like A sign of change to come Can I remove myself Scars, and I know that you've been hanging on.